podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, junior news reporter at Digital Health, and I'm delighted that joining me on the podcast today, I have our three chairs of our network's advisory panels. And I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. So we'll start with you, James. Thank you. Yes, I'm James Reid. I'm a forensic psychiatrist by clinical background. I'm CCIO at Birmingham Solihull Mental Health NHS Foundation Trust, and I'm the chair of the CCIO network at the moment. Lisa? Hi, I'm Lisa Emery. Uh, I'm the Chief Information Officer at the Royal Marsden Hospital, which is a cancer specialist trust, and I'm chair of the CIO advisory panel. And finally, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Hambridge, and I'm the CCIO for nursing and AHP at the Christie's, which is a cancer hospital, and the uh, Digital Health CNIO chair. Great. Thank you very much again for, for taking the time to come on the podcast. Um, yeah, I want to start with kind of friendly listeners who maybe unsure or maybe need reminding kind of what exactly are the the digital health networks advisory panels what is their purpose and kind of what are your responsibilities as the chairs shall I make a start I mean they're very, they're it, very yeah. similar in in their in their intent I guess so really the idea is to bring peers together um, encourage new members in and really just share learning and look at how, ways in which we can help influence policy and um get some support from the centre, represent our members, and, and there are many hundreds of members for each of us, um, and really sort of push forward um, the professional agenda for our respective areas, I think. I'm sure James or Sarah might want to add, but... Yeah, I mean, all of those things. I think the other thing I suppose we're keen to do with the advisory panels is give the advisory panel members an, you know, an opportunity to, to give them, if you like, a bit of a platform and an opportunity to explore ideas that they may have and use the resources of the networks that are available to them to promote those and develop those ideas. So, uh, and I think we're doing our bit to some extent. We're developing digital leadership as well uh, in this context, as well as in sort of the day job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just to add with what James and Lisa has said, we from the, the CNIO network perspective, we, we're kind of trying to make it more of an innovative hub. Um, so about bringing and creating new ideas to the table um, and how we can really shape and influence digital nursing and the AHP and midwifery agenda. Um, so yeah, trying to make it more innovative and forward thinking, definitely. That's great, yeah. Could you kind of share what in your opinion did you say the kind of the main topics which your area, whether that's CCIO, CIO or CNIO, kind of the main topics that kind of most passionate about at the moment start again with the ccio james yeah thank you yeah i mean there's a obviously the ccio community is 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 represented the end users the people actually at the front line and i think so as a real a real key thing everyone's talking about still is the whole idea of system design user interface user experience and and going beyond just having you know a set of tools so actually having something which is designed to work well there's a lot of discussion and excitement actually in the idea of design thinking which is you know just it probably it's probably still a relatively new idea in health and we, we've all seen in other sectors and other fields you know with other other websites and things how that can be applied i think it's a lot of enthusiasm to see how that can be done with the systems that we use um so that's one thing i think there's a lot of enthusiasm which is nothing new about sharing and using data and using the technology that's out there to bring 
health data together for improving patient care, which is, you know, again, we've talked about it for many years. I think we are now at a stage where most people have got some exposure to it and are starting to use it in real life. Uh, and so there's a lot of excitement about what that is now and what that could be next. Um, and then I suppose finally, the same point really is, is, is in understanding what data can do for us. Again, we're really right at the start of that journey. We've spent the last 20 years finding ways of bringing stuff together. We haven't really yet found a way of getting it to deliver really exciting, interesting insights. And I think a lot of us, that's a lot of us are interested in seeing. Just to add on to, you know, certainly absolutely data is a, a massive, massive piece for us. Um, I think some of the sort of maybe specifics in the CIO community that we're hearing a lot about are what it means to be a CIO in the new construct of the integrated care systems and, and what that role um, will look like, how we talk about convergence of systems, thinking about developing the underlying infrastructure that's needed across across an in integrated care system. And then a big a big hot topic button for all of us really is um, what we're doing about um, resources and how difficult it is sometimes now to access the type of resources we need, how we might share more and what we do about the professionalisation of digital um, roles yeah. in general. So there's some topics that we're covering. Sarah, anything, anything else or is there a bit of overlap there? There is a little bit of overlap, but I think for me um, and the CNIO um, advisory panel, I think what we're really trying to do is is to think differently and be more futuristic again around how can we really um, enable patient care through through the use of technology. Um, and we're trying to um, shape and influence by looking at, at documentation um, and how we can start to to, to influence the, the future workforce, the nursing workforce, to think differently. So a, a big piece of work that we're doing as a, a CNIO community is around the professional development, which Lisa has touched on, and how we can support the, the aspiring and the new CNIOs to be really prepared for that, that future workforce. So that's been one of our main drivers and doing the budding scheme and, and mentorship. If I may, George, okay. I was just say, I think Lisa's point about professionalisation, I think, applies across all of us, actually. And I think one thing we're really I'm really keen on is, is developing career pathways that make sense, because we are at risk, if we're not careful, of doing all this work and then losing the next generation because they don't know where to go. So that's a, that's a real concern of mine at the moment. Better touch on this a little bit, but what main ambitions as chair of your respective panels, what are you kind of hoping to achieve in your in the rest of the time that you have as chairs? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, it's funny already. It doesn't seem like we've got very long left to be, and we've just got this, this, this has got about a year to go. So there's a lot, Time flies. A lot to do in a year, isn't there? I mean, I, I would love to think that we'd had some influence on the professionalisation work, actually. That's something, I mean, we're not going to get it done in the next year or five years, probably. But I think that's a, the real thing I, as a chair and as well, I'd hope the panel would be able to have had influence on that. I think we're seeing a bit of progress there. I mean, one thing I've also wanted the panels always and the networks at large to be is a sort of trusted voice and be a place where people come. Now, I think we've been uh, that's been a bit had some little ups and downs, I think, over and when we come on to that. So, um, yeah, we've, 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 there was a time, I think, where we probably had it more. It's probably a bit less at the moment, but especially with all the, uh, and we'll talk about the centre perhaps, but with the changes there, we're waiting for that to settle down. But I would love to see the networks as being the biggest by far body of grassroots people doing this stuff, as being a place where people come for ideas and where we can give advice and help. And, I, and that's the thing I'd love the advisory panels and the networks to be. I'd agree with that. You know, I'd echo everything James has said there. To me, that's a really key one. We've started to see some some good inroads again in terms of representation um, and um, access to people in in the centre. But I would really love to see that we are the place to come to for that for that trusted advice. As as James has said, that would be a a big thing for me. Great. Yeah. Sarah, anything else? For again the same. 
Yeah, so um, interestingly, because this is the first year that the CNIO has been, a, you know, an elected panel. So we've been in a very, yeah. very different position this year. Um, so we've really built up the, the CNIO and um, midwifery and AHP community. Um, we launched our Twitter. We've got nearly 2000 followers now, which is fantastic. We're just in the process of doing Instagram because we want to capture the new and aspiring uh, digital what, leaders. That, because... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Twitter is old fashioned, James and Lisa. <laughs> I'll just about my um, email. <laughs> and we, we're, we're trying, we're, we're, we are actually doing digital through our eyes. So we're, we're kind of sharing our practice and getting that published in the Nursing Times, which has been really powerful yeah. and been well mm. received. And we've shared that through Twitter and, and LinkedIn and, and Instagram. And um, we're currently on our CNIO handbook. So we've released two chapters. I did the first as the, the digital health chair as an introduction and Joe Dixon did the second chapter. Um, we've still got another six to, to release. So we're, we're staging that. They've, they've all completed, which is fantastic. Um, we've just done a really good piece of work with a charity working with Cambodia and um, supporting them with digital nursing documentation. Um, so we're, we're currently driving that and we're hoping to complete that by August. So that's been a really pioneering piece of work in the fact of working with somebody in a second language has been quite challenging, but also very rewarding and sharing best practice from the UK. So that's been excellent. And um, we're just in the process of doing what good looks like for the for the nursing agenda um, and really shaping and, and using best practice from the from the regional work, really, which has been really fantastic. And, and the, the panel members and members of digital health have all been pivotal to, to strengthening that and, and cascading that and doing spread and scale. Um, we're just we're just kind of at the stage now we've done year one we're in the process of writing a blog and we're just kind of getting together the next objectives for the next 12 months fantastic yeah i think, I think the digital nursing summit at rewired was a, a huge success as well it just kind of shows you know the, the popularity of nurse at alignment as well i mean yeah that was a huge huge hit of the event um i want to learn now kind of your thoughts on the current direction of policy so two kind of questions in one here your thoughts on the current direction of policy and if you could ask for or say one thing to national leaders, what would it be? Are you going first again, James? Or? Well, I, I, I will if you, unless you, uh, what I could do. Okay, well, what I'm, what I, what I decide I would say is don't forget about us. Actually, which sounds mm -hmm. a bit plaintive, but no. I, I do think that's, I, again, I, I don't think it's controversial to say there's been a lot of disruption in the wake of the NHSX sort of reabsorption I think I think that's and there's a lot of movement you know as we know lots of people moving between jobs some moving in some moving out and so on and it does feel in in the midst of all that the voices of the you know the the, the front line has been a little bit lost I mean and I think that's a real shame I would really I mean we're keen very we've always been keen actually to engage and I think but unfortunately some of the people we were speaking to only a matter of months ago are, are no longer in their posts so we're having to having to start again um so we're here are we doing our best to engage but I would really like to see you know I'd like to see that coming coming back um and then on the, the point more point about general point about policy I mean I think we've we've all I think expressed before some I think some reservations about the you know the idea of software being the answer to everything and having you know whether you call it convergence or leveling up or whatever else. I mean, software is fine, you know. Obviously, I'm a fan of that, 
but it's if that becomes the focus then it becomes runs the risk of going back to the bad old days of it being all about technical delivery and not really about clinical change um so I, I i would like to see more emphasis i think on the idea of transforming our services clinically using technology and lots of other tools rather than saying well the solution to this is, is to you know buy products x I, I couldn't have said that but and i had simple minds playing in my head is that exactly as you were saying that so I, I was thinking the same thing don't forget about us we've had some yeah you know, speaking as the cio group we've had some really really great engagement um with our national cio um you know really good weekly drop-ins lots of great discussions i would be you know absolutely gutted for us to lose that we it's really important we keep that line of sight um and and to echo your point james the, the the patient pathways and the transformation needs should be driving what digital needs to provide not the other way around and we can't lose sight of that i absolutely agree with with james and lisa and and, and it's the same for us for from the cnio and midwifery and um, AHP community about those relationships with the national team. We've got a really good relationship with Natasha Phillips and obviously she's created the regional roles now. Um, so we've got seven regional nurses and that's really helping and, and shaping and influencing the agendas. And it's about maintaining that appetite and, and keeping people energised because we've had a tough two years yeah. and it's about, you know, keeping people um on track and and keeping that communication open and transparent um, so that you, you you know we're all working together collaboratively and collectively and getting the right outcomes for the patient and the best experience for them. Yeah I don't know if I can just perhaps add to that what's been great to see in Sarah's world has been the the priority that's been placed right from the top you know right from the chief nurse mm -hmm. you know and that it's been it that, that's such an impact and you know we we, we haven't seen that necessarily in other areas and it, it just shows I mean it when you've got buy-in at the highest level, stuff happens. And if you haven't, it, it doesn't. And I, I mean, we have, you know, for example, we don't, I mean, we haven't got, we haven't really had the chief medical officer, for example, saying what I really want is digital doctors or staff in it. I'd love to see that, you know, uh, and I think if that would happen, we'd have a, we would see a lot of change, you know, so it's fantastic what's happening in nursing. And I really hope that will be seen as a model to apply to other areas as well. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap up with a little bit about summer schools, which of course takes place middle of July, back in person. My first summer schools on a on a personal note because oh, I right. only joined digital health in November, so I've had had the experience of rewired, but it'll be my first experience of summer schools. But just wanted to kind of find out: Are you looking forward to getting back to in person first of all at summer schools, and what else in particular about the event are you looking forward to? Should I start with that one? And um, so I've been to a number of summer schools now. I know I know several of us have, and aside from very much looking forward to seeing my co-panelists here again, as as I always do. We have a great time. Um, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant event. It always goes in the diary straight away. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the panel members, but more importantly, I think looking forward to seeing some of the new members that are coming through some of the bursary um, places and buddying up with some people that haven't been before um, and just really listening to some different viewpoints and thoughts on things. But it's it's always a fantastic event. So delighted it's back in person again. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I've been I've been to all except the first at summer school. So I've been to quite a few now. And again, it has all I mean, that the first one I went to whenever it was years ago, there was like 25 people there or something like that. So the, it's been a, it has been I think it's going to be experience. a few more than that. This yeah, time, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think there's a waiting so, list, James. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And just like Lisa says, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing old friends, obviously, uh, but I'm really excited about the the, you know, the next generation. There's a lot of work to you know, digital health has, has done, made a big effort, I think, to get new people in. And that was always the whole point of summer school was that it was a school it was meant to be a place to develop 
open to learn. It's not meant to be an old boys network. And there's always a because I still regard myself as sort of new on the scene, which I know, which I know I'm not, but it feels like because <laughs> I'm that's how when I go to summer school, I'm going just to just to learn because I've I've never been and not learned something. And I've always come away with new ideas and it's invigorating, you know, and it makes it's not to realize that you're not on your own, actually. Um, there's everyone else is, is out there and there's a lot of support. So and I can't wait to see. And again, I'm really keen to sponsor and get the next generation and you know, excited and, and into this, you know, and then so and as they'll be coming through onto advisory panels and chairs in due course. Sarah, much the same again. Yeah, Looking so last year was my first summer school, which was virtual, and um, so that oh, was yeah. a very different experience. So I'm really looking forward to actually being face to face at summer school, and um, and again, just what James and Lisa have said, really re-energising, um, learning from people, sharing best practice, um, and it's it's a safe space to kind of disclose the challenges that you're you're experiencing day to day and and kind of learn from other people of of how they're managing it tactically and so it's kind of I use it as a toolbox and it's like collecting tips and giving your ideas of how you can go back and use that within clinical practice whether it's technical clinical or managerial etc and so yeah um, I'm looking forward to everything it's the packed agenda but it looks fantastic And I think because I think it can, you know, it can often feel even in our trust and things, you can feel a bit on your own sometimes in these sorts of roles. You know, there's, you know, you've got hopefully got a few like minded people around you, but and some people haven't. You know, there's still lots of people out there, particularly in CCIO roles, who are really the only person in the trust. Um, and so I think to come to a place where you are absolutely among friends, if you see what I mean, uh, I think I mean, I certainly found that I think other people do. And it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to do that. Um, and certainly for me, I mean, that I, I think. I will, that I haven't been to summer school since being elected chair the last time around. So it's um you know, hasn't it's it, we haven't had the normal opportunities to sort of to meet mm. people, which will be really good to do. Yeah, I think we've been, we've been able to do a lot of things virtually in the last few years, but nothing beats in person, does it? Yeah, so to well, be that's been the, the, the operate. And that's the ultimate finding, isn't it? Yeah, we're from, we've gone from living the digital dream and then realising, you know, it, it's even the point. I mean, I've had colleagues lately saying, well, wasn't it great when we used to have to coll- commute to meetings all the time? It's very strange how this has, has changed things. But I certainly appreciate real you know, meeting in real life. I mean, you know, you can't, yeah. there's still no substitute for that. Definitely. Well, we have come to the end of the show and that absolutely flew by. Thank you so much, James, Lisa, Sarah, for taking the time out of your very busy schedules to come on the podcast and thank you everyone for listening this will be available on all your favorite podcast platforms and we'll be back again in a few weeks with our next episode until then take care thank you for listening to digital health unplugged We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.